Look at the turn. Oh, that was brilliant, Luke Bruce. Gee, it's a good kick. It is a great kick. It's one for the ages. O'Brien, some candy, and then a goal. Lewis runs into the open goal. Thank you very much. The Hawks are back in town. Talk about a wild week for the club. We had a loss to the Eagles, the worst case scenario for James Sicily, and O'Meara went under the knife, but then some big news to take the edge off. Some daylight at the end of the tunnel for Hawk supporters. But more on all that in just a moment. To kick things off here on the Hawk Talk podcast, we're going to take a look at the teams ahead of the club's clash with Port Adelaide. My name is Nick Mason, and joining me is my co-host, a man who has the ins and the outs in front of him. G'day, Tiz. G'day, mate. Uh, Will Day all the way to the bank. Good result for the lad. It was one of those weeks where we needed it, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. It's been a bit doom and gloom around the club, hasn't it? I mean, uh, six changes today, so they're looking for something. They, they uh, Up against Port Adelaide, I think they have to be at their best, but um, they've had their own inconsistent week. But uh, our outs are certainly major, so if we go through the outs, Sicily out with an ACL which seemed very unlucky. What was that, a minute to go in the in the uh, game? Amir apparently broke his hand in the first quarter and played through, so gutsy effort from him. Gunston has been our most consistent forward, has hurt his back. Frawley is out with a thumb injury and misses the Charlie Dixon matchup. Morrison omitted. And, and Connor Nash omitted too. Oh, and so, I'm sorry, what was that? Ends, Just hang on. Hang on, that last name there, I didn't quite catch it. Uh, I just said omitted. No, 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 before that. Morrison. After that? Omitted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your boy. What was he given? About two weeks, and now he's out of the side. Listen, mate, he dropped a chest mark, and I can have no... Clarker was just as irate as I was, so... Admitted he is. Yeah, you've got no leg to stand on there. But um, interesting how Tim O'Brien gets about a million chances and your boy Nash just goes out again. It's it's just one of those funny things about the Hawthorne Football Club. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stoop to the level of comparing their stats last week. Um, <laughs> but you want to. In. James Cousins, who's been uh, waiting in the wings all year and uh, hopefully makes the most of his chance. Then we have a club debutante, Michael Hartley with the enviable task of taking on Charlie Dixon. That'll be a good watch. I'm happy that Hartley's getting a go. I mean, you know, it's about time I've seen him. It's now round 13. It feels like every time we do see him, it's just little tiny highlights in the scratch matches and, and, you know, him cheering on the rest of the team. Yeah, he's a loud bastard, isn't he? He's a a funny bastard too. And, uh, oh, look, I I don't know. It's a tough task for him to come into this team and and have an opponent of that magnitude and that talent but uh look i'm excited to see how he goes and then we have daniel howe returning to the lineup now he played very well uh behind the ball off the halfback flank the last couple of times we saw him especially against geelong so he could be handy in the lineup bit bigger body um has had a a foot injury and has been out for a long time Patton has had one scrimmage or scratch match back, so I'm not sure how fit he's going to be. He'll probably have to be nursed through the game. Hanrahan, having been dropped, is back in the side, and uh, he'll be um, 
well, pushing himself to impress. He's under a fair bit of pressure, old Hannahs. And uh, last but not least, back into the lineup is Scully. And didn't he just earn it? Did he? Did he earn it? Yes, probably. No. <laughs> no, he was managed. And now he's managed to come back into the side. Yeah, well, we know the um, the structure of the games against him this year. I think he's put in some solid efforts. He's certainly been at the ball more often than not. I'm just going to run you through those names. The six inclusions there. It's been a fair way back for a few of them. Cousins has had to scrap for his chance. Hartley, well, you know, obviously he hasn't debuted for the club yet. This week is his week. How that's been a long road back to footy for Howe. Uh, Patton, likewise, he seems to be frustrated by injury. Uh, Henrahan, we haven't seen since the start of the year, basically. And uh, Scully, a short layoff, but, you know, we know his injury history. All of these guys have really had to fight for this chance. Yeah, so when you look at the lineup, um, from the full back line, you've got Hardwick, Hartley, and Connor Glass in the back pocket, who retains his spot from last week. Um, half back line, you've got Will Day, who's now contracted till 2023, is that correct? Because he's already contracted for two years on signing with Hawthorne in the in the first round, and then they add another two years. Um, Sam Frost, centre-half back. 200 gamer, Ben Stratton. Now, he hasn't kicked a goal since his debut season, 2010 which I think he did late in the season against Sydney. Who was running around for um, Sydney at that stage? Well, little Mighty Mouse, Ben McGlynn's there for his first season, um, creating havoc with uh, little Trent Dennis Lane in the forward pocket. Ah, Trent Dennis Lane. There is a barber showing photographs. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) On to the centre line, the uh, famous number 29, Chankwath Giath, on the wing, retains his spot. Can I stop you there? Since since you have named two of the key inclusions for last week, I want to get your thoughts on Glass and CJ's game. Glass, I felt, um, did did more than I expected of him. I thought he ran very hard for that goal he kicked. Uh, basically was a willing player all evening. Um, Changwath Jeath, well, I thought he made as many errors as he made good decisions. So for a young man to get that many touches is very encouraging. Yeah, I'd agree with you on both points there. I think Glass worked hard. He was very, he was visible, wasn't he? Like, he was a factor in our game. You noticed him out there. He was really working hard. And, of course, that goal was good stuff. CJ, I thought uh, the intent was great. The urgency was great. He uh, burned brightly and then just sort of fizzled out, which, you know, I mean, that's his third senior game. It'll happen. Uh, both of them deserve more time, so I'm glad they're in the side. Yeah. And uh, on to Daniel Howe, who's our centerman. And on the other wing, we've got Jack Scrimshaw named there for the first time I can remember. Usually he's named on the halfback flank or the interchange. Half forward flank, Jonathan Patton, centre half forward, Luke Bruce, half forward flank, Chad Wingard, forward pocket, Jarman Impey, who's obviously not going back to the back line yet. Just protecting him a bit. It depends if you're paying too much attention to this, to the team sheet. You continue to do this. Yeah, oh, I noticed he wasn't in the half. In the back line last week. Uh, full forward, Tim O'Brien, keeping Jonathan Patton out of there. That's interesting. <laughs> and uh, Sean Burgoyne in the forward pocket. Now, followers, Ben McAvoy, James Warple, Tom Mitchell, and interchange from James Cousins, Tom Scully, Oliver Hanrahan, and Liam Shields. And the emergencies, uh, Connor Nash, Harry Morrison, 
Darren Minchington and your favourite, Mitch Lewis. Who might have been in the frame, but I think Patton just stole his opportunity there, and probably rightly so. The last time we saw Lewis at senior level didn't set the world on fire, which is a big understatement, admittedly. Uh, it's time to see what Patton can do, and hopefully he's fit and raring to go. Six changes, mate. Yeah, no, I, I think six is enough, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, we already didn't have a great chance, but, you know, statistically, when a team makes that many changes, it's not looking great. But we do do very well in celebration games, don't we? And 200th game for Ben Stratton, it's something to play for. Fair old CV, obviously being the current captain, three-time Premiership Hawk, a host of other accolades, a lot of them club awarded. Uh, Best club man in 2015, which I think means a lot. Uh, most consistent, 2013. Again, I think that's a fine accolade to win. Especially in premiership seasons. Exactly right. Best first-year player and rising star nominee both in 2010. Yeah, that's important to mention. Like, uh, he just sort of got into the lineup and and stayed there. 21 games in that first season and uh, remarkably consistent. Um, Just been there. I mean, 2011, he had a major injury, PCL and then just was a stalwart of that defence for many years. And uh, what a great player he's been for us. Look, Stratton's a guy that has come in for a bit of criticism from yours truly on this podcast. I think anyone who's listened to us this season would know that and recognise it and would probably put me on blast if I neglected to mention that. But uh, I think we can put that on the back burner for this week. I mean, 200 games is a terrific milestone. A lot of those games in, you know, the three-peat era, which is pretty impressive. Um, I, I hope he plays a blinder, really. I hope he turns it on and I hope the boys get around him. Yeah. Uh, we heard from View from the Nosebleeds at Hawk Talk Pod. Where does Strats rank in the pantheon of Hawk defenders? Obviously below Hodge, Langford, Ayres and more. Would you place him at Guerra or Collins level? In years to come, when I'm thinking about Ben Stratton and how he went from the 39 in that first year to the 24, my favourite 24, the number I played in, always loved Chris Langford. I reckon he's done that jumper proud. He's, uh, he's captain the Hawks, just like Chris. He's won three premierships on the trot. He's been the, one of the first defenders picked each week. And he even stood up in the back line when we were very, very scant. He's uh, He's been an excellent player for us. He's kind of ridden all different seasons, hasn't he? All different, uh, you know, shades of light and dark. Well, he's come across from Western Australia and he has got the most out of his body. He's got some incredible concentration. The AFL's come for him because he was just too good at defending with the pinchy <laughs> pinch. You know, he's changed the game in that way. You're not allowed to do that kind of stuff anymore. And um, he just is a terribly professional example off the pitch as well. Ben Stratton, trailblazer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do what you do what you can with what you got. And I think that Ben Stratton, when he looks back, He's got the most he could. Absolutely, I agree. You've kind of said everything I wanted to say there, so well played. Uh, We move on to, uh, well, another thing about this round, besides being a milestone game for Ben Stratton, Sir Doug Nichols' round has rolled up again. Uh, Now, how do you like our Guernsey? I'm a big fan of our Guernsey this year. Yeah, they're usually um, very good, the Aboriginal-style Guernseys, aren't they? They are. This is one that I actually think I will go out and get. When I say go out, <laughs> oh, what a wild fantasy! <laughs> well, I got the um, I got the totem one a couple of years ago, I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 
bit of trivia for you. Our first Indigenous player was uh, a guy by the name of Cyril Collard way back in 1957. So that's how how deep the history runs for us and Indigenous players. Two Cyrils. How ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty unlikely, isn't it? But it did happen. Uh, So obviously Sir Doug Nichols round celebrating all things Indigenous and... uh, the players' contributions on the field and off the field. I think the, the second one's important as well. Uh, I think that one gets left alone by the footy media a fair bit. I'm not sure why, because we can easily just play highlights and talk about how good they are on the field, but they are, after all, people of a culture when they step off the field. So let's remember that, hey? few better than Sir Doug Nichols off the ground as well. Port Adelaide has uh, made four changes. I think it's worth mentioning this stuff. Xavier Dersma. Famous for his arrow tears. He's been given the axe. <laughs> Nicely done. Farrell's been omitted, and uh, Laddams and Houston have been sidelined due to a couple of uh, COVID-19 breaches. You feel for them, don't you? Nope. No, I do not. <laughs> what a couple of dumbasses. How long are they out for? About two or three weeks, I think. That's, that's uh, That seems a little unfair. At least, you know, one was a terrific love story last week with uh, the Sydney Swans player Elijah Taylor and his girlfriend you know real uh, Romeo and Juliet stuff Um, (laughs) yeah I think the sanctions should have been much worse anyone from here on and we are late into this year and this season anyone from here on it should be season done yeah well the Hawthorne boys haven't seen their families until uh, last weekend so I think it was six weeks without seeing their their loved ones, so that's a that's a bit of a stretch. And um, now they're in the Barossa. They must be feeling better about themselves. Happy drunk, tis. Is Happy a, drunk. Is the, term. <laughs> <laughs> the Barossa's the place to do it. Uh, we heard from uh, Hawks Forever at Hawk Talk Pod. How many points will we beat Port by, tis? Three points. Really? Do you actually think we're a chance? No, not really. Not unless <laughs> Port turn up and think they've already won. I mean, they were pretty gutted. Last week in how they performed, so um, I don't know what'll happen. It's such a topsy turvy season, Nick. I'm not discounting anything at this stage. I'll be a little bit Bruce in that way. Do you think? You just get the feeling that Hawthorne really need the next goal. <laughs> do you, Bruce? Do you get that feeling? I tell you what, it is. It's a scoreboard, mate. That's why you get that feeling. Yeah, and uh, we just can't get anywhere at the moment. I mean, Ricky Henderson's been ruled out for the remainder of the season does that mean we're possibly not seeing him again oh maybe maybe mate that might be curtains and how unfair would that be after having a stellar season last year he's he's almost taken out the pcm yeah being pipped to the pcm yeah you know you'd you'd feel for him if that's the case but i'd understand if the club made that call within context i'd get it uh he's gone under the knife now for surgery on his knee speaking of the pcm is there a curse there our best player seems to be falling over each year. Oh, it's been absolutely horrific luck. If you top of the betting to win the PCM, I mean, it didn't happen with Mitchell, but it certainly has happened with Impey and then Sicily now, and it leaves the door ajar for someone else. To carry on the curse? Yeah, well, I mean, there's daylight there now, No, isn't don't say that. No, <laughs> don't. <laughs> you can't be doing that. Oh, come on. It'll be our second first-year player to win a PCM. That'd be ridiculous. But the way it's going, I'm not, I'd be happy for us to not have any players in rich form at the moment because it seems as soon as you hit a purple patch at Hawthorne, you do a knee or something. You're out for months. So I, I don't know. We've, we've been 
terrifically unlucky. Mitchell with his brown low then sits out with a broken leg. Jars does his ACL. Sicily's done an ACL. Even, uh, and we need to mention this, uh, Harry Jones. Harry Jones is now out for a few weeks. I've got to say, the method by which uh, Jarman Impey did his ACL was uncommon. You don't see that a lot. And then the same with uh, an impact for an ACL for Sicily. It wasn't a twisting motion. People are pointing the fingers going, you know, well, well, that's a few now. But uh, just seems more unlucky than anything else. I was going to say, can you really point the fingers on those ones? It's, it's, it's not really a fitness issue. It's just a freak accident, really. Anyway, we move on. Uh, well, speaking of Sicily, actually, we heard from George at Hawk Talk Pod. In Sicily's absence, who's going to be our next quarterback? It has always been a crucial part to Clarko's structures. Over the years, we've had Guerra, Birchall, Hodge, and Sicily. Who's next? Someone with good vision and skills. Uh, well, it looks like it is probably Will Day. Although I think Blake Hardwick could do just as well, don't you, for distribution out of the halfback line? I'd be inclined to say yes, but uh, also noting that Hardwick's had a weird old season, don't you think? Yeah, I guess it was. Um, it shouldn't have been too interrupted, but uh, I noticed uh, Burgoyne went behind the ball at stages last week as well. I mean, very frustrating last week. Uh, it was obvious that we weren't in the game early, mm. and uh, we had some nice patches of play and. We did well on the inside every now and again, but we had no answer to Nat Nui, and yeah. their forwards got some very easy goals. And Our delivery inside forward 50 was too predictable, and it played right into the Eagles' hands. Having said that, the margin wasn't too bad in the end, was it? That's the thing that Hawthorne's been able to do this year. You know, while we're not putting on any scoreboard pressure, we... We tend to be good at stemming the bleeding. Our heaviest loss was to the Cats, and that was almost by it was 10 or 11 goals, which is horrific. Uh, but then the next worst was to the Ds, I think, and that was 43 points or something. Yeah, but 80% less game time, Chief. I mean, you're not going to win by, lose by 100, are you? Would you agree, though, it could have been much worse? Oh, yes. Yeah, if they felt like it. Yeah. Hmm. So, I don't know. That's, that's something. I, who, who do you get to replace Sicily that's just going to be a work in progress for the rest of this year and hopefully we we roll into 2021 with a bit more of an idea of how to do that yeah but the timing of it means he probably doesn't play 2021 at all yeah unless we're reaching finals um now which means we see him back in 2022 so what I hope he does and and what Tom Mitchell did was um learn about the structures and the coaching environment at Hawthorne and all that kind of nuts and bolts stuff behind the game plan so that uh, we might get a sort of general intelligence in the back line there. Get a bit of tutelage. Tut on, son. Tut on. Uh, we need to um, mention Jager O'Meara as well, who's uh, had surgery to have a plate inserted into his hands, which uh, hats off to Jager for playing out the game. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, props to Jager for getting through that. What do you do in that circumstance? You go to the bench and have shots? Yeah, just play through the pain. Um, I didn't notice it, did you, in his performance? No, not at all. I think Jager's used to playing through pain barriers too. Um, after many of his injuries, I think he played through pain, tried to get back from those as well, which probably wasn't a great idea at the time, resulting in more injuries. But um, yeah, he's certainly a brave, brave footballer. Now, what was an encouraging sign throughout the game, as per usual, Tiz, has just become... Standard for Hawks supporters to uh, like the look of Will Day. He was rewarded this week with a contract through to the end of 2023. Yeah, he just seems to uh, 
you know, he's not big, but he's got footballing now. He knows where to be. He sidesteps. He's got some amazing stuff. And I think the only other highlight during the game was the push from Warple on Shuey. <laughs> uh, it was good to see Warps getting the strut back a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He did some good things, Warple. And uh, I think you did a little gif of the Warple push-off. And, um... <laughs> yeah, uh, Lupe Warpedo was the... <laughs> If anyone knows the Lupe Fiasco song, Kick, Push, cut together a little something on social media, at Hawk Talk Pod on Twitter if you want to track that one down. It's good fun. Of course, I've had a bit of fun cutting stuff together this week, but uh, no sense of occasion, Hawthorne. I really hyped up the arrival of Finn McGuinness, but they weren't interested. So I'm a little bit disappointed they haven't, you know, unleashed the obvious talents we recruited last year. I mean, we're seeing Will Day. And where Morris has come in, they had a go. And uh, what's Finn's just the what are they doing? They just I've said before, reading between the lines of these reports of the scratch matches, that I think it's a, a matter of adapting to the system and better performing his specific role. Maybe it's that. I don't know. But it's turning into a huge drum roll before this boy's announced. It's just getting thunderous now, the drums. It's going to absolutely go off on social media the second it's announced. You just wait. It's going to be joyous. Because the kid's built. The kid's built. You look at him, you're like, he's ready. I mean, Josh Morris's nickname is Tank, but I know who else could own it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's, it's all prep, and, and he looks really well prepared. I'm looking forward to seeing him. And, you know, do you think we'll get to see anyone else, like Jacker or or even Ross? Oh, Ross is an interesting one. I, I would have thought with Gunston coming out this week with back soreness that the door might have been open, but no, they have not pulled the trigger on that just yet, and it makes me wonder if they're even going to, Tiz. Oh, well, we'll keep the campaign going for Ross. I'd like to see him get a Guernsey. Me too. I think he's performed remarkably well at Box Hill over a couple of seasons, so I think he deserves a go. Well, off the back of that, he deserves a go, but there is something keeping him out of this side, and I would love to know the club's thinking. What is it? Why isn't he getting a look? I would love to know. But uh, anyway, we move on as to something we discussed last week, in fact, Tiz. Uh, I said, I told you, that there's no chance in hell we're getting to Tassie. And of course, the uh, Tasmanian government has closed the doors. They're, they've shut their borders. They didn't even entertain the idea. They're like, nah, we don't want to see you till Christmas. <laughs> closed it up till December 1st. So that took it out of our hands. It means that we're not going to play any games there in, in 2020, just like I said. But uh, look, just one of those years, isn't it, mate? <laughs> You think back to the start of the year, we had plans to go down and watch Hawthorne take on West Coast. and Yeah, we were we were wrapped to be doing that. Yeah, that was taken off the table. It's just been a bastard of a year, 2020, hasn't it? My <laughs> God. Oh, well. So, speaking of bastards of a year, who isn't getting another year on their contract? Oh. Alana asks, <laughs> Burgoyne, Strats, Frawley, uh, McAvoy, Hendo, who's we would have to say would have a question mark now that he's having quite major surgery. Is it on his knee, Nick? Yeah. Yeah. So Burgoyne, I think the writing's on the wall there. No, hang on. No, no, no. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes just a second. Do you think it is? I think there's still a a bit more left in this season to decide one way or another. Do you? I think think basically we're we're not going to get the chance to see him off. I think that's how this is going to play out. Strats. Uh, well, he he wasn't he didn't know what he was doing next year. He 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 left that open. Oh, but you do. I, I don't think you front the media and talk about that stuff that openly, do you? 
Not near 200th. I thought it was a poor question. <laughs> but but any time, you don't really expect players to open up what's happening with their negotiations or their plans for next year. They're, they're usually very coy about it, as well they should be. That, that stuff doesn't need to be aired in that forum. Neither of us are particularly game to make a call when it's this guy's 200th this week. I think we might just leave that one, hey? Well, I mean... Do you really judge a guy or anybody on this list on their worst? You know, and that a lot of players are producing their worst season in in many years on our list this year. So, you know, you really got to look for the upside because you can't have a huge turnover of your elite and experienced talent, or you're just going to bottom out without any real development. That's true. Yeah, you you got to find that balance. Uh, now, what about James Frawley? Oh, I think he probably remains on the list because there's such a lack of depth. I mean, we haven't heard Cozzy mentioned or even listed in the emergencies yet. It's pretty simple for mine with, with Frawley's situation. Uh, if we don't see Cozzy in the seniors for the rest of the year, which I don't think we will, um, then Frawley stays on the list. And his body's held up pretty well this year. Yeah, the, the thing keeping him out of the side this week is just a dislocated thumb. It's a fairly minor injury, but that was enough. McAvoy's reinventing himself into another position, so he's keen to play on, I'd suggest. I think it's important that he does. He'll get one more year at the very least. Who do you think will be the Hawks' next captain, asks Alana. If uh, Stratton isn't captain next year and Sicily isn't playing, um, who would have been one of the expectations, would be putting his hand up for that role. Perhaps he might be a little bit young still, but um, he'd be looking at Jager or Tom or, you know, who do you, who do you like? Jack Gunston, possibly? Yeah, I was going to say Gunston or Jager would be my picks. I, I still like Shields as a dark horse, but I think if there was going to be a time where he'd get it, it would have been when he was in the mix before and then Stratton got it. So, um, yeah, that'd be my two, uh, Jager or Gunston. Yeah, none of those have taken a backward step this year. They've all performed pretty bloody well. Yeah, and a natural progression. Uh, you know, Jager's vice-captain, isn't he? And, and so is Gunston, so you just get a natural promotion there. Michael's asked, which decade will Hawthorne's next finals win occur in? Still plenty of time left in this one, Michael. History tells us that Hawthorne win at least one flag a decade, and we're right at the start of this one, so I'm not I'm not writing us off just yet. Isn't it about one every four years or something <laughs> bloody ridiculous? I mean, it's good. The, the biggest mistake you can make is writing off Hawthorne. Now, we're at a low ebb at the moment, but uh, we'll, be, we'll be back. I'm confident we'll be back. Plenty of time to work with. And Wiley has an interesting question. Who do you want to win the flag? And my answer would be Frio. Oh, (laughs) why? Show your work. (laughs) They haven't got one yet. Um, And I really have nothing against them other than they play a disgusting brand of football. (laughs) That seems significant. If If we just gave them a flag, they might just go away for a little while. What do you reckon? Is that how it works? Yeah, you just placate them. You're like, well done, well done. You won a flag in a pandemic asterisk year. Um, you know. Are they even, they're, they're mathematically possible, aren't they, still? Couldn't care less. <laughs> All right, well, my nomination, I think Wiley made this same one, was uh, Brisbane. I'd be okay with Brisbane winning, I guess. Yeah, nah. No, no. You don't want Birch to have another one? Well, no, I, I, I would. Uh, I'd like Birch to have another one. I, that doesn't worry me at all. Um, I just, uh, you know, the salary cap concessions they had in the early two thousands is what gets to me. So, you know. <laughs> all right. Well, all I know is Brisbane's a safe option for me because I don't want Geelong to win it. 
and I certainly, after this week, don't want Richmond to win it. I, I sense that you're with me on this. You don't want Richmond to win. Not after this week. Not after Lynch and Hardwick. I don't know. I've got to get back into the footy mould now. Uh, it was surprising how much structure my life lost at the end of the footy festival. At the end of the <laughs> carnival of footy, without footy on every night, I was just bereft of meaning of an evening. <laughs> it was quite strange. And of course, it's affected this podcast too. Our recording schedule's all up in the air. <laughs> it is, yeah. Naming the team a day out is just... Uh, it's havoc. Listeners might have noticed we've gone from uh, recaps to previews. Yeah, well, it'll, you know, if there's not a whole lot to recap. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, okay, I'll concede that might have been a bit of a factor. Sure. <laughs> anyway, we thank everyone for being patient with us while our schedule's a bit up in the air. And, you know, lately it's been podcast is released day of the game. So you have a few hours window to actually enjoy this show before it's dated. So uh, everyone that does get on board and listen to us, uh, we do thank you. And if you do like the show, make sure you jump on Apple Podcasts and rate and review us there. We love that. Now, on to Mason's Multi, because uh, that's what everyone's doing over this period. Just online gambling to entertain themselves. To the point <laughs> where if they lose... Oh, it's so good. I can't believe some people find, spend... They must spend like 10 minutes working out how to make their $5 into several hundred thousand. And I can't believe that they get down to one or two legs. It's just, to be honest, it's like they don't understand that the longer the odds, the less chance you have of actually winning. And all this for the opportunity to berate Mitch Robinson at the end of it. (laughs) Don't they know they can do that without the bet? I thought one of the greatest comments this week was... uh, Mitch Robinson better watch himself in case he ends up like Jason Ackermanis. Is there any danger of that? I just It was just one of the weirdest things I'd heard in a while, which presumably means is uh, he's turned, he becomes a real estate agent on the Gold Coast or whatever it is. Ooh, shiver just went up my spine, Tiz. Why is that? You're not going to win, are you, on a Friday night? Because this is this is this is something new for the listeners, for for you to pick a winner on a Friday night live during recording would be something amazing. Well, yes, we are recording this on the Friday night. Listeners, their first chance to hear this will be on the Saturday before our game. Uh, You'll know whether I was successful. I tipped Carlton. And uh, I have tipped accordingly. (laughs) And uh... (laughs) I bet they'll do it as well, the Suns. I bet they'll bloody get up. Carlton have had five shots to none. And they're currently one goal four. So looking good there, Chief. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeez. Heading into Saturday, Arvo, before the Hawks. We've got the Dogs playing Melbourne at Metricon. Yeah, I've gone for Melbourne there. And I guess you've picked Port. Yes, I've picked Port. Essendon playing Richmond on Saturday night. Got to go with Richmond. That's the Dreamtime game at uh, in Darwin. Uh, Dockers versus the Swans. That's quite tough. I found this one tricky to pick, uh, but I've gone with Frio. Adelaide versus the Cats. Cats. It is an Adelaide home game. Oh, then Adelaide, mate. No, obviously Geelong. Come on. <laughs> they picked a debutant. They gave Butts an opportunity to earn his spot on the side. They said, if you kick this goal, this is a training. You kick this goal, it goes through, you're named in the side. He missed, and they gave him a shot anyway. <laughs> Are you serious? They did that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, how embarrassing. And then they upped it on the socials. Why don't they just give him another kick until he kicks it? 
you know, what would be better if it's if it's obviously badly edited? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen. I, I don't know if there's footage of it. I've just heard the report that he missed the shot, and they went, "Ah, oh, look, you're in the side anyway. Don't worry about it." <laughs> well, that's that's the stage Adelaide's at. Yeah, basically, I think that says a lot. Brisbane, St Kilda. Uh, it should be a good game. I've gone Brisbane. Uh, West Coast, the Giants at Optus Stadium. After the performance the Giants turned in last week, I can't trust them. And West Coast looked pretty good anyway against us, so I tipped tipped the Eagles. And uh, the Monday night game is Collingwood North. Collingwood, of course. Mm, interesting. I think North could do quite nicely there. Collingwood are having a deplorable couple of weeks. Ah, oh, crap. You're right. I forgot about that. I was too busy focusing on how bad North is. I didn't really focus on how bad Collingwood's been travelling. Damn it. So, what are the odds, Chief? Because we know the longer they are, the shorter your odds of actually winning. Well, the estimated return this week is uh, a cool $25. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's getting worse. Is that with port by 40 or not? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's well because of the shortened uh, game times. I think it's plus twenty four, and I, I think if Port are serious, they'll get the job done against us by that much at least. Um, but I mean, this is the problem though. Like, I think normally to drive the estimated return up, I'd take some chances. But this season has taught me; it's so sort of drilled into me not to take chances. Like, I, I was—that's the first margin bet I've placed in in weeks. I never go margins anymore because I just don't know. Yeah, I can see how you'd lose confidence after, um, or how long is it now? <laughs> A few years. <laughs> I've, I've done Mason's Multi. I think this is my third year. So the closest I got was literally last week. Yeah, I know. It's a shame. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Uh... <laughs> Anything else on this weekend? I, I know I've got big plans to see the sun um, if it comes out from the rain clouds uh, sometime. I thought uh, if I could steal some time, I'd read um, Ruffy's book. Oh, yes. I'm quite a good way through that, about a third of the way through. Good read. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm loving it so far. Uh, and we've got the Crimo book that I think we, we need to get. Have you seen that? Uh, yes, I've placed my order for that, so that's on its way, I think. So I better get a wriggle on with the Ruffy book. But to be honest, I'm, I'm savouring it a bit. Um, you just don't want to finish it too quickly during these times <laughs> i know what you mean i'm taking it nice and slow with ruffy's book uh gee what else i don't know mate i don't know it'd be ruffy's book and then you know our game and i'm taking it pretty easy to be honest people might have noticed i've been putting my time to good use doing all sorts of creative stuff for our socials especially on twitter twitter's got a good run this week at hawk talk pod our community is growing all the time and uh yeah, I mean, I put together a, a Finn McGuinness hype video with One Vision by Queen. That was good. <laughs> uh, I did the, the James Warple thing. That was good fun as well. So you can see where I'm putting my time into. Uh, Facebook as well. Quite a few have jumped on board on Facebook of late, and we thank you for that. Facebook.com slash Pod. And Patreon is the big one for this podcast. If you want to support us, that's the best way to do it. Patreon.com slash Pod. Now we've got to uh, have that off mic meeting of when we who do we decide does the does the tweeting this weekend, mate? Um, you know, I bring the I bring the wins. So oh. uh, <laughs> you know what? For that comment, you're definitely in the hot seat this week. <laughs> I will not stand for that. Oh well, there goes Mason Smalley, mate. That's all I'm saying. Jeez, <laughs> oh, listen to this. <laughs> 
I had a, have had a couple of DMs uh, that have said, you know, you better get on them because Hawthorne need a win. Oh, it's such a slap in the face. It's so illogical that I love it. Mate, if you get in the cockpit and if you drive us to a win, then I'd be pretty pleased. I know not everyone wants us to win at the moment. They've got the long-term future in mind. But... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Uh, look, we, we need a little something, don't we? I think the Will Day news this week was, uh, well, brightened my day. <laughs> See what I did there. And uh, I think it'd be great to, to steal a win from Port. Yeah, no doubt they've got enough. Well, as their club song goes, they got to the top and now they have to stop. <laughs> we'll never stop, stop, stop to a top, top, top. Yeah, and they've, and they've reached number one, so now they're going to have a lie down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm excited. We get six changes, uh, a few guys that we haven't seen for some time. I'm looking forward to this game. Uh, join us. Join us online where Tiz will be manning the socials. Yes, listeners, I am holding him to that, whether he likes it or not. At Hawk Talk Pod is where you want to head for that. Follow the action with us from the first bounce. And uh, catch us next week when we're back sometime, someday, for another Hawk Talk podcast. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.